welcome to the In Vino Fabulum podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Patrice. We're your co-hosts with the most for the In Vino Fabulum, that means in wine story. We think there are a number of tales to be shared about women and wine. This is a space to offer a narrative and chat about both. So Laura, what do you think about dessert wines? Have you enjoyed them? I do. I think they're very sweet. Um, it's something you have for special occasions and events, I think. That's how I see them. Yeah. So in our Wine Bible, the, the book by Karen McNeil that we've been using on some of our episodes, one of the quotes in there describes dessert wine as like gems hidden in a jewelry box. Um, and I, I kind of agree with that because I really was not at all familiar with dessert wine in, um, until recently when I had tried some and found that uh, just just a small glass is all you need, but paired correctly, I really do enjoy a nice dessert wine. Uh, but I didn't really realize until I started doing a little bit of research for this episode the depth and breadth of types of dessert wines and how they should be served and stored and you know what, what, what where they originated from. So one of the things that I, I did learn is that a dessert wine should always be paired with food that is equally or more sweet than the wine itself and that it should be served in smaller glasses, which of course makes sense because it is a sweet wine, but I didn't know it was because of both the intensity of flavor and alcohol content. And so I learned a lot about uh, the alcohol content in dessert wines. Hold up. You mean I can't just have this wine on its own for dessert? Because that's typically how I roll sometimes with dessert kind of wines, uh, if we're going to get into it. I think that you absolutely can have it without, without, and then you don't have to worry about the relative sweetness. You can just drink whatever you want. Good. Okay. Um, so there are two kinds of dessert wines. One is fortified and one is unfortified. And I learned that a fortified wine, um, which you're probably familiar with brandy. I am. Yes. Um, that those wines contain out, that the alcohol is added during the fermentation process and that, um, you know, the goal is to have a wine that is both sweet and relatively high in alcohol, which, you know, again, I didn't really, I guess I didn't really realize that. So Um, like brandy and ports and other kind of rich ones, is this what we're thinking about? This is exactly what we're thinking about. Okay. Um, And, the sugar is converted into alcohol during the fermentation process. So therefore, the sweeter the wine, the lower the alcohol content, or vice versa. So, you know, there's a little bit of that balancing act where if they, you know, if they make the wine a little bit sweeter to appeal to people who want a sweet wine, then the alcohol content is lower. And so they're, then they're faced a little bit with, you know, actually adding alcohol back in. Right, and so these are the kind of wines you have in, like, they call it a sniffer glass. We've talked about it on a previous episode where it's kind of a big bowl. Um, you have a lot of room for the um, port or brandy to kind of aerate and kind of breathe and let that go. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And port, not surprisingly, um, comes from a region of Portugal. Sherry is another example, and that um, is from Spain. 
And we let, talked about Port and Porto and Port Portugal uh, a few episodes ago in episode number 13 with France Paris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we were together doing a uh, previous podcast road show um, in the Niagara Falls area, uh, we went to a wine place where we sampled ice wine, which is another example of a dessert wine. Correct. That's the one I'm really familiar with growing up in that region, the ice wines. Uh, and so the ice wines, uh, yes, of course, are, you know, supposed to be served cold and uh, are, you know, are also another type of sweet wine. And something else that I, um, you know, I, something else that I learned is that there are five different types of dessert wines. There is a sparkling dessert wine, a lightly sweet a richly sweet, a sweet red wine, and a fortified wine. And of course, the fortified ones are the ones that we just we just talked about. So, do you have like do you have a favorite dessert wine, or you just kind of go with what's on the menu? I like. There's a couple of good sparkling dessert wines I like in the area. I'm not a really sweet sweet person, so I wouldn't be into the the light or richly ones you spoke of, or even that sweetness but I like the sparkling dries and I'm gonna have to f uh, find it but I'll put in my favorite from the Niagara region because not um Canada Germany and there's another country out there that makes this kind of the ice vine it's is it Austria um for the ice wine it is Austria and Germany Austria and Germany, yeah, in Canada. So I grew up where ice from wine, it's cold enough, it gets cool enough for the grapes to be produced, um, and they're naturally sweet. This comes out. They're, they're not my favorite. I'll have it every now and then, but I'm probably more of a, a port girl, and I, um, visiting cooler climates where my family are, we often have what's called a hot port, um, where you have a shot, a shot and a half of that with um, hot water, and a small glass, um, usually a lemon with some cloves in it, like a lemon wedge. And that's what you'd have in a nice evening as a dessert, as a pre-dinner. Um, that's probably my go-to. Oh, that sounds that sounds quite nice. Mm -hmm. And I think of in the winter sometimes um, you can have like almost like a, a warm dessert wine. That's mm -hmm. I've had that that's heated up. What's your favorite, Patrice? What do you like of the dessert wines? So like you, I am not a fan of the richly sweet. Um, I prefer either a lightly sweet dessert wine or a sweet red wine. Nice. And uh, for the, the slightly, there's also a demi sec, which is an off dry in French. And I have had that one. And again, because it's a little bit drier and not so sweet, that is a preference for me. I like this book because it says how to serve the dessert wines. And this is on page 121 that we're reading from the wine Bible. And I like that they tell you if you have to chill it or decant it. And most of the desserts, it looks like you don't have to decant it. True. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is correct. But chill, it looks like it, it tells you yes or no, depending on when, if it's in the summer. So I like that a lot. Yeah, the, the book is really quite handy and has a lot of useful, useful facts in it. And, I, you know, 
Um, and just like we learned when we talked about our more traditional wines, there are specific glasses for each type of dessert wine. But I mm-hmm. think that in general, you can get away with if you happen to have a smaller sized glass in your home, that will probably do just fine. So for example, with sherry, it was, it was recommended that you serve it slightly chilled in a special tulip shaped glass called a copita. So if you happen to have a copita lying around your house, then you are all set. But if you don't, um, I think that you will be okay just serving it in a smaller size glass. Yeah, and that could be even a simple, honestly, it could be a flute if that's all you have, like a champagne flute, or it could be if you have a a brand new, or I've even seen breweries that give out these like kind of kind of bulbous round, uh, similar to the brandy glass glasses. So find something cute. We're not talking shot glass. We're talking small, petite right. something. Yes. yes, it should have that. Uh, I mean, we talked about this with the glasses too, but, you know, part of it is the um, the feeling you get with the type of glass that you're using. And so a, a shot glass may not uh, extend the same sense of, be, you know, I, I mean, I think of a dessert wine as just being something special that you you should take some small sips of and really enjoy, where a shot glass may not have that same message. Right. So something to savor it. And we'll put a link to our glass episode to give you an idea um, and suggestions that might be helpful in our show notes. So until we dessert again, Patrice, this has been helpful. Thanks. Yes. Happy deserting, everyone. Salancha. This podcast wants to continue the conversation with women about stories and wine. So we would love to hear you tell us what voices, ideas, questions, and random wine facts you hope we'll chat about in a future episode. Find us on Twitter at 3WEDU or on the hashtag InVinoFab. And we'll always welcome love or messages by email at InVinoFabulum at gmail.com. To stay tuned for the next podcast episode, Please subscribe to the In Vino Fab podcast via Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And remember, in wine, there is a story. In Vino Fabulum. Cheers.